How much do you know about your grandparents? What about your great grandparents? Now, what if I asked you about your great 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 grandparents? I bet you don't even know who they are. But what if their memories and experiences were part of your DNA, and you could have access to them? You're listening to Hollywood Science. In each episode of the show, I'll take a look at a particular film to see how the science fiction holds up to the science fact. In this episode, Assassin's Creed and genetic memory. I'm Alex Contis. This idea of being able to access memories that are encoded into DNA is a key scientific plot device for the 2016 film Assassin's Creed. The film takes place in the present day where Michael Fassbender's character Callum Lynch is forcibly abducted in order to have him retrieve his assassin ancestor's memories. We've traced his bloodline back 500 years to the Assassin's Creed. What do you want from me? Your pa. We can relive lives of those who made us who we are. And how do they do that, I hear you asking? In the world of Assassin's Creed, which started life as a video game series, memories are accessed by a technology called the Animus. You're about to enter the Animus. What you're about to see, hear and feel are the memories of someone who's been dead for 500 years. Wait a minute. Think of it like this virtual reality headset that you plug into, Matrix style. Whoa. Once you're in, you can play out a waking dream sequence of an ancestor with all the sensation of being there yourself. What I saw in there, it felt real. It was. Now, obviously there isn't a machine that we can plug into to watch what our great-grandparents did 200 years ago, but that doesn't mean that our ancestors haven't played some part in our genetic makeup. The duality of the term genetic memory is what makes the premise for Assassin's Creed so interesting. DNA and genetics encompass the physical aspects of human beings, like our eye color, our height, and the color of our skin, while memories are just the opposite. They're an abstract concept with no physical entity. Yet, our understanding is that they're stored in the brain like data on a computer hard drive. And this is a classic analogy for human memory, and it works. The brain can store memories, recall them, and memories can be damaged if the brain takes a knock. The problem with this analogy is that where most computers write data to a single disk in one location, human memory is understood to be scattered across the entirety of the brain. It explains why patients with head injuries can develop amnesia and forget recent experiences but still know how to do things as complex as use language. What makes this analogy interesting is that it reopens the door again to memories being affected by genetics. And there is one particular type of memory that is supported by science as sitting at the intersection of DNA and psychology, and that is phobias. Scientists at Emory University's School of Medicine conducted a study on mice by training them to fear the scent of cherry blossom. Why cherry blossom, I don't know, and while I can't think of a time when a human would be fearful of cherry blossom, the sperm from these mice was then found to have increased activity in the section of the DNA responsible for the sensitivity to the scent, 
As a result, the offspring of these conditioned mice then showed the same aversion to the cherry blossom scent, even though they'd never been directly exposed to it. So what does this mean? Well, to quote the scientists' findings, the lab results provide a framework for addressing how environmental information may be inherited transgenerationally at behavioral, neuroanatomical, and epigenetic levels. <coughs> In simpler terms, it is possible for your experiences to have a genetic effect on your children, and potentially as well, your grandchildren. So if you have a phobia of snakes, blame it on your great-great-grandfather. Maybe he had a bad experience with one, and now you have to live with that. There's a snake in my boots! What this comes down to is a subfield of genetics called epigenetics. It assumes that we have inherited traits in our DNA that are dormant, but can be triggered by environmental stresses without rewriting our genetic code. In other words, our DNA provides a predisposition to certain traits that can be activated by environmental causes. Still confused? Well, imagine your DNA to be this really long line of switches. Some of them are turned on by the time you're born and mean that you have blue eyes, for example. However, some are turned off and will stay that way unless there's an external force that flips the switch. In the case of the mice, their predisposition was triggered by the electric shocks administered at the same time as being exposed to the cherry blossom scent. The scientists were able to flip the switch in that part of their genetic code, which allowed this newly conditioned fear to be inherited by their offspring. Inheriting abilities is not a new idea, and there's great debate about what humans do and do not know or are predisposed to when born. Michael Gazaniga, a professor of psychology at the University of California, wrote a book about inherited traits and the brain called The Mind's Past. In it he wrote, Everything from perceptual phenomena to intuitive physics to social exchange rules come with the brain. These things are not learned, they are innately structured. And this is along the same lines as Noam Chomsky's famous theory for language learning. He says that humans have an innate capacity for language. And this makes sense since we're able to construct sentences and deploy correct words without having fully studied every level of syntax, grammar, or every single word definition that we know. And there seems to be some evidence of inherited knowledge in the animal kingdom too. The monarch butterfly, for example, migrates from Canada to Mexico during winter. But since the lifespan of a butterfly is so short, it's never possible for a single one to make the entire journey. And so it begs the question, how do these butterflies know a migration route that they've never done before? Since the survival of the species depends on generations of butterflies collectively making a journey of thousands of miles, it's believed that the knowledge of the route is innate within them, meaning that it must have been inherited transgenerationally. Assassin's Creed isn't the first film to deal with genetic memory. There's a 2006 film called Memory, which features Billy Zane exploring the drug-induced hallucinations that he has, but actually turn out to be the memories of his serial killer father. You can see things and images. It's just it, it's not my memory. It's crazy, I kind of became him. In Assassin's Creed, ancestral memories are vivid and lifelike, and portray the ability to experience these memories firsthand with all the sensation that that has to offer. Almost like watching a movie that you can interact with directly. The reality isn't nearly as exciting as that. We're only really able to carry the effects of our ancestors' experiences, whether that be succumbing to a fear or being able to understand a language. 
This provides us an opportunity, though, to reflect on how the way we live our life today can have an impact on our children's and grandchildren's lives. Hollywood Science is created by me, Alex Contis. If you want to be kept up to date with the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you normally get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter, at HollywoodSci, that's S-C-I, and I am at LexCon if you want to say hello. Until next time, thank you for listening.